We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app brian mazarowski here with you on wben thanks for being with me hope you had a pretty nice weekend i want to uh you know in a little bit i want to talk about the uh the number one thing i saw this weekend and what you think about it in uh, just a couple of moments. 803-0930 to join me this morning. Uh, but, it, you know, besides all the big events and everything, it was the number one thing that I saw uh, this weekend that we'll be talking about. Uh, Joe Beamer will be back with me one night only Wednesday, I believe, as of now. That's how it stands. And uh, Wednesday will be a heck of a show, show I've been looking, a show that we were supposed to do uh, over a month ago. And, you know, just haven't been able to do it. It's coming your way Wednesday, so you got that to look forward to in the middle of the week. But as for right now, you're just here with me, Brian Mazarowski on WBEN. Lots of uh, headlines to get to and uh, everything. I, You know, I want to start on the attack on Salman Rushdie in Chautauqua. Stunning to a lot of people. Um, not the attack on the person as much as just where it took place. But I, you know, there's just one thing that I I look at this, I look at what happened and I just can't help but think, right? That this is how things end when you have the attitude and it's this attitude that you see more and more you're hearing of more and more that words are violence or that words are the equivalent of violence or that they do as much harm as a broken arm and i i thought it was interesting because rushdie back in 2015 after the uh, charlie hebdo attack had this to say because you know he had uh, a lot of support he had support from uh, bookstores even in america that were bombed after they carried his books and those stores continued to carry his book after the fact they continued to support him authors stood behind him he had the support of everyone who helped him be in hiding for so long but in 2015 after that charlie hebdo attack He said this, he said, quote, if the attacks against satanic verses had taken place today, these people would not have defended me and would have used the same arguments against me, accusing me of insulting an ethnic and cultural minority. That's what Salman Rushdie said just in 2015. 
Now, why did he say that? Why? Because I think he saw that there's more and more people who are willing to argue and take a hardline stance that talking about anything that might offend anyone is an act of violence. But it's not. I mean, the act of violence is what we saw on the stage on Friday. Now, where do we see that attitude? The whole reason I'm bringing this up today was because I I was just over the weekend and even into this morning just floored by the way that this incident was talked about throughout the press. I mean, just look at the headlines on the incident itself. The New York Times um, saying that the attacker's motive was unclear. Hmm. Uh, ABC News said Rushdie's a claim. I mean, this is the exact (laughs) copy that was sent out. Rushdie's acclaimed novel, The Satanic Verses, led Iran's supreme leader to issue a death warrant for Rushdie some 30 years ago. The motives of the young man who stabbed Rushdie on stage Friday remain unclear. Well, you, you laid out the motive just, just a sentence ago and then said it was unclear. I mean, why are you doing this? Well, you, you know, we, we got to tiptoe around what's right in front of our eyes. Here's another one. Authorities are looking into whether the attack on Rushdie was ideologically motivated. Well, I wonder why they'd be looking into that. Could it be because of the bounty on his head? Here's another one. Investigators calling the attack an assassination attempt by an individual with strong indicators of ideological support for the Iranian regime. Strong in, you know what strong indicator number one was? Attacking somebody who the Iranian regime has put a bounty on. That would be my strong indicator. I mean, that's just, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know if that's tiptoeing around. I don't know if that is that um, hesitancy to say anything that, might, uh, that anybody might find offensive that Salman Rushdie himself obviously didn't have. But to me, it's keeping your head in the sand. It's it, keeping your head in the sand much like this. Uh, Governor Kathy Hochul, who was there yesterday, and state police are vowing an increased security detail for all events at Chautauqua and the Chautauqua Institution as a result of the Rushdie attack. I mean, again, keeping your head in the sand. Not everything is the same. You don't need to turn the Chautauqua Institution into a fortress. You know when you might want to have an increased security detail? is when you have a speaker who for 30 years has had a known bounty on their head, a death threat against them. That's the indication that you might want to up your security presence. The attack was not done because of where the event was taking place. But all those, uh, you know, instances of the language of describing the stabbing, the attack that took place on Friday, uh, I believe that's not using language in the spirit of Salman Rushdie, the author. But it's all part of that thinking. And when you get into that thinking, words and violence are equal. 
And then, you know, one act of violence can be met with another. The result of that line of thinking is what you saw on the stage on Friday, just a, a horrible, horrifying attack. But I couldn't believe, I mean, what I was reading throughout the weekend uh, and even into this morning about, you know, the tiptoeing around, the questions. Why? Why? Who could have strong indicators that there might be uh, support of the Iranian regime? What could the motive be? Unbelievable to me. All right. Um, but over the weekend, I hope everyone had a great time doing uh, whatever it was, uh, whatever you were doing. I heard, I didn't see, I heard the fair fireworks Saturday evening. Great fireworks show. From what I heard saw just a little bit of a glimmer in the sky of what was there. I know a lot of people were out at the Bills preseason game. Good to see the Bills back in action. You know it's preseason. We said this earlier. You know it's preseason when the uh, you know headline moment of the game is a punt. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I gathered from the highlights of the game. The headlining moment was a punt, 82-yard punt was the the headline that's preseason football for you so i don't know i'll wait to uh, really <laughs> dive into that until uh some other time but uh anyways uh, great events over the weekend and then i saw one thing in particular and i think it was because of the weather this was a weather driven event and i saw more garage sales this past weekend than I think I have in a while. Uh, every uh, neighborhood around western New York has a big garage sale weekend, right? You, you'll go around, there's certain neighborhoods that are like, you know, they pass out the flyers. Hey, this is the big, the big sale weekend. We're going to put up signs on, you know, whatever the big road is around the house. Come to the neighborhood, walk around. Everyone's going to throw a garage sale. Let's all participate, yada, yada, yada. I mean, that happens in just about every neighborhood. I think this... This weekend, maybe there was some of that, but this weekend was just more so, I think, people on a Monday looked ahead at the weekend, saw the forecast. Okay, we got three great days in a row. I think, uh, I think it's time for the garage sale. So I saw that a lot over the weekend, and I, I was wondering, because I'm driving past. I didn't walk through any of the garage sales. Because I think I'm over garage sales. And I'm wondering if you are too. 803-0930. You know, I'm driving past a lot of these garage sales. And, you know, you're just looking. I, I will slow down a little bit. Like, all right, what do they got over here? You know, crane your neck. See what's going on. See how much stuff there is. And I drive past everyone, and I mean this with all due respect to everybody who's uh, looking to sell some of their stuff. I see a driveway full of junk. <laughs> like, and, you know, I guess that's what it is, right? I mean, it's stuff you don't want anymore, you don't need. But for the most part, I'm driving uh, around these garage sales, and I'm looking here and saying, um, yeah, that's just a bunch of junk. Does anybody find anything good in a garage sale anymore? And does anybody, if you have something good to sell that you don't use anymore, that's in your home, is your method of sale a garage sale? Because I feel like it's, it, that would 
not be the case. It would almost be stupid for that to be the case with the internet and everything else you have going on right now. I pass by these garage sales and it's like, this is the stuff that isn't valuable enough to be posted by itself on like Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or eBay. And they're just trying to capitalize on people walking through the neighborhood, good weather. Maybe somebody will have dollars uh, in their pockets. Is any garage sale successful? Because I drive through sale after sale after sale, and I see just driveways loaded with stuff, and not a lot of people go in there to shop. I mean, if you are running a garage sale, what do you do? You take Venmo? Like, how do you do it? I don't. I, I don't know. I just do not see how they're successful, who's running them anymore, and I don't see me ever walking through a garage sale again. I, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to miss out on something somewhere. But is there ever anything there really worth buying? 8030930 to reach me here on WBEN on our text board. Someone saying, let uh, us not overlook estate sales. Totally different animal. Totally different animal with the estate sale. Estate sales, you can get me to an estate sale easy peasy. There's, you know, there's always good things at estate sales. But that's, you know, that's somebody's, that's a bunch of items that, for the most part, somebody wasn't looking to get away with. That's just, you know, hey, somebody passed on. We're left with this, you know, whole house full of stuff. What do we do with it? We're not looking to go through it. Estate sales are, in my mind, totally different from the garage sale. The garage sale, I think, is full of useless stuff. Kevin in Jamestown. All right, Kevin, you're on WBEN. I, do you bother to stop at garage sales anymore? I used to. be going about the wrong way. If you're a garage sale person, what you want to do is get all the sales Friday night in the paper, scope out a couple if you can uh, that night before, and always get there, the top two or three, get there early. Don't be, you know, early bird catches a worm because you can miss a lot of things in the first half an hour. By the time you get there, it's probably midway and everything's gone. But check in the paper, scope it out at night, and try to get there early. So what you're saying, Kevin, that's how I know people shop estate sales. But you do the same thing for garage sales? Well, I used to. If I had time that evening, I'd go to a couple of them see if they were setting up or this or that, see if there's any good stuff. And I, I'd pick one or two, and I would get there. Right, said They say 9 o'clock, I'd get there at 10 or 9. And as soon as they opened up, I had a full shot of everything. Do you ever find anything good, though? Oh, yeah. I found stuff good, of course. Like what? Oh, I found a, a, a old Texaco. Remember when they used to sell them Texaco helmets? It spoke and it went out the top of it years and years ago. I found a brand new one that I'm going to sell one time. I found a pedal car that I bought for $30, almost brand new at a sale. There's many things I found, but I don't do it no more. I'm older now, but it was fun. <laughs> well, hey, appreciate the call, Kevin, and uh, some of the tips. I, what Kevin described there, I feel like that's how people go into estate sales. And like I said, I think that's a totally different animal. If you're doing that, you're going into a estate sale. I, I, if I had more time, I would do that. Doing that for a garage sale, eh, not going to happen for me.
because I just feel like it's all junk. When's the last time you drove past a garage sale and really saw anything worthwhile? Like bikes? I, I never see a bike at a garage sale anymore. It used to be like the staple. Every single garage sale started with a bike. Now, if you have an old bike, wouldn't you're going to sell it on its own on like Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or you know some other th- these local apps or whatever to find somebody who's looking for a bike, you'll get more money out of it rather than somebody walking around with whatever changes in their pocket. And that's the other thing, right? I mean, a garage sale, unless you're part of one of those big like neighborhood sweeps, you're sitting there with all your junk in your driveway just hoping that somebody's going to come walking or driving down your street with a pocket full of dollar bills. And who does that anymore? 803-0930 to join me on our text board. Uh, someone saying too many uh, items at garage sales are garbage-picked items, which I've never, like, I've, I haven't looked closely enough, but I can see that of people trying to flip things at a garage sale, buy things from one garage sale and sell it on your own. But most, wouldn't you do that online again? You buy things from a garage sale, you think it's worthwhile, and then you flip it online? Uh, someone's saying, I would never buy clothes at a garage sale. I, yeah, that's what I see at garage sales now. It's like racks and racks of clothes. It looks like the Kmart clothing department, but dirtier, which if you can even imagine that, I, I, I'm just not going to buy clothes. For I, What does a price have to be on a shirt to buy it from a garage sale? Because you can get cheap shirts. What's a Hanes six-pack? And they've never been worn before. Pits are spotless on those shirts. But, I, I mean, what, what are you finding there? I don't know. Maybe someone else on our text board saying, I couldn't be more wrong. You can find some incredible bargains there. And that their wife goes there and buys a lot of her work clothes that are barely worn. I just... I'm not... I guess it's a personal thing. I don't like the idea of standing in somebody's driveway and sifting through their clothes that they don't want. I don't know. It's just not, is that how I want to spend my Saturday morning? (laughs) Like, no. Absolutely not. And I don't know if this is hypocritical. You'll have to tell me if there's a big difference in your mind, too. But I feel completely the opposite about an estate sale. Like, I, I, I would say an estate sale, go ahead, totally worth it. Wait, estate sale, you got tools, you got bikes, you got... Everything, furniture, and there's all sorts of different stuff. Garage sale, it's just junk. Someone else's junk. What are you going to do with it? Chuck in Cheektowaga, Chuck, what are you going to do with it? Well, <laughs> it's funny. You got on a topic that's pretty uh, pretty good. I, I, I've been waiting for someone to talk about this. Um, you, you know, some people are looking for certain specific items um, that people are getting rid of and it could be anything that's in style in, you know, uh, in the, you know, uh, value, uh, say for instance, um, you know, uh, pieces of stained glass windows from the old homes uh, in Buffalo. 
uh, at one time, um, they weren't, they didn't have any value. And then there was a time when they became valuable because people were, you know, doing things with their homes or putting some of the old uh, rustic look back to their house and nostalgic look. Um, what I do is I just look for specific tools, um, you know, uh, just so I have something like that because I usually run into a situation and sometimes uh, you can't find certain tools out there places that you shop, um, you know, at your regular tool house and stuff. And so I look for tools. Um, now I wanted to, I told your, your screen caller, um, I want people to understand a couple things. Um, there is a misconception when it comes to garage sales and what is considered new and used. Nothing is new, okay, in a box. Um, just because you didn't use it, okay, and it sat on the shelf for year, for years, it doesn't mean that it's new. And I run into a lot of people at garage sales going, oh, well, that's new in the box. No, it's not. It's never, it's never been open. It's not that model year, okay? Um, it's five years old. And people have this misconception that it's a brand new yes. product. And Chuck, it's new. And I love it. Not- I love it. I love the point. I'm sorry we have to run. Thanks for the call. I love yeah, that point. It's new. It's new. It has the tags on it. No, it's not new. It's been in your closet. New is what gets sent to me right from the store or whoever made it. No, oh, it's new. I've never used it. It's been sitting in a box on my ba- uh, basement floor or on the floor of my garage for three years. That's not new. <laughs> $150 I want for this. Buddy, I'm just walking down the street. I don't know, do you go to garage sales? 803-0930. I'll be back here on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Brian Mazeroski back here with you on WBEN. Talking garage sales. I feel like, um, I, I don't know, there's a... I might be going against uh, what everybody here is texting in. 8030930 to join me here. You know, when I say I I'm just I don't understand how garage sales still really make it. Um in modern day with all the other options and I just I'm not I can't ever see myself I I don't really think I could see myself putting on a garage sale. 
but I don't. I also don't think I could see myself walking through a garage sale evermore. And that's not because I'm like anti secondhand stuff. I have so much secondhand stuff in my house, but it's just the garage sale is just not the place to find it. Estate sale checkmark. Okay, places like uh, Savers, Amvets, Salvation Army. My wife will tell you I've spent way too much time in those stores throughout the years. Um, you know, my kid. Uh, how much of it? It's at least 50-50, probably even more so weighted to uh, the secondhand stuff of, like, all of his toys and stuff that he plays with. It's not saying that I'm against secondhand things. It's just the garage sale. I can't see myself taking the time to sort through somebody's clothes in their driveway. That's just not me anymore. Now, there is one instance where I think the garage sale can still work. Glenn in Orchard Park. Glenn, you're on WBEN. Um, all right, so you're uh, like the community garage sale. I, I, is that what you're calling about? Yes, I am. I, by the way, good morning, Brian, and everybody at the station. Um, yeah, actually, this uh, past June, we had I organized a street sale on a couple of streets out here, kind of near the stadium. And uh, we got 12 families to participate, and everybody kind of walked around. We had a big attendance out here because I made signs that were very easy easy to read at uh, top of Abbott, 20, McKinley. We got a lot of attendance out here, and uh, we sold a lot of stuff, but we didn't ask more than $15 for any of the items. We only had two items at our sale that were uh, – Priced at $15. One was a old Hoosier cabinet, and the other thing was a 1940s uh, date perforator. Other than that, everything was maybe a quarter, 50 cents. That's the key to a good garage sale, and you can kind of make some money at it if you don't overprice your things. I think sometimes people get carried away with the pricing, thinking that they have all of these gems or something like that. And they ask too much for this stuff, and people just pass it by. I think that's a big problem, too. And, Glenn, uh, why I said yours is, like, the one that works is, okay, if you have, like, a community garage sale, a street sale, a lot of neighborhoods do this maybe once a year in the spring or early summer, then, all right, so people know that it's going on in the general area, so you're going to attract people, and they'll have some dollars in their pockets. If you're just a one-person on their own, putting together a garage sale, I feel like that's a tall order to make any money. It is, and we've done that in the past where my wife and I have just uh, done a garage sale by ourselves at our house, and it can be a tall order. One thing my wife and I, we both collect things, but we collect, but we don't clutter. I collect vinyl records. My wife is into sewing and crafts. So things we don't maybe need, we part those out. Maybe every two to three years, we treat our house like we're moving. We go through everything. If we haven't looked at it, touched it, used it, out. It goes out. And we keep decluttered, and we keep our collections in order. And uh, so, and sometimes we get the neighborhood involved, too. So we did a big project here at home uh, back in May where it required a lot of stuff to get moved out, thrown out in that. So we decided to do a garage sale in that. And we'd, we did $200 on small stuff. It worked out really great. And I've done it about six times before. I'm glad to hear it, Glenn, and uh, appreciate the call. 803-0930 if you want to join me here on WBEN. 
part of it for me is effort. Is the payoff going to be worth it? The digging through everything. And, you know, maybe that goes the other way if you're putting on a garage sale, too. Which, again, if you have a big community garage sale, that's a whole other thing entirely. Everyone's out there, and you can just kind of grab a few things that you think will sell, put them out there, and uh, sit out there for a few hours. Like, okay, that's not that much effort. If you're doing the whole garage sale thing, clearing everything out, setting up the tables, pricing everything out, I mean, all the effort. You're going to, what, you're going to go two days with the garage sale? So it's a week plus to gather everything, get it together. You got the night before when you're uh, really getting organized, the whole setup, getting everything out there, the teardown, and how much money are you going to make at the end of the day? And then, I mean, you're not going to sell everything at your garage sale. What are you doing then? You're bringing it all back, and then you got to find something else to do. I am much more than my—if I have old clothes, there's a few exceptions because I know and I've seen the ridiculous price that people pay for, like, old band T-shirts, and I've got a ton of them. And, I, you know, somebody told me, I remember back in the day when I was a kid, hey, buy large T-shirts. Because if you want to wear them, like soon, you'll be old and bigger and you'll want to relive your old punk rock days and uh, put on your old T-shirt. And I never listened, so I always bought like small and medium T-shirts. And uh, then here I am. I obviously can't fit into any of them, (laughs) but I'm not going to give them away. Because then you see online like somebody selling this shirt that you had once uh, upon a time for more than you paid for it when you bought it new from the band selling it. So, like, those are kind of in a box. I have no idea what to do with them. I might, like, you know, hang them up somewhere in the attic, use them as part of my soundproofing wall in a record room. But everything else, you know, clothes or otherwise, worn or even unworn, it just goes in a big bag. It goes to the Salvation Army. It's just, I'm not the the whole efforts to do all that stuff and then a garage sale and all of that. Nah, nah, nah just here, take it. Someone else use it. Most things in my place are the exact same thing. And if there's really something that I think I could sell for money in the house, then that could that'll get posted on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or somewhere else. I have a bike. I have a bike in the back of my garage that, if I'm being honest with myself, is not going to be used again. Back tires popped out. Like, am I going to replace the tire, do all this stuff? Eh. I'll probably sell that on Craigslist or something. 20 or 30 bucks. Is that too much? I have no idea. You got to replace the back tire. Take it. Works fine. Fine bike for any kid. And then be on with it. I'm not going to put that as part of like a grand, huge garage sale or something. I'm not going to make it the centerpiece. 
of something that takes a lot of effort. Now, there's a lot of people texting in, 803-0930, and some of you are making good points that I might come around. Someone mentioned baby clothes. Uh, One of the things that sells the best at garage sales is baby items that are in good shape. And they said you'll probably have a garage sale someday when you're finished with all of your baby and little kid stuff just to get rid of it without money. And I'm thinking that might be the case. But another part of me is like, well, I'll just go to the kids consignment shop that we buy most of the stuff in and turn it in and get cash that way. And will I get less? Yes. But will I have to, again, set everything up, price everything out, Wait, you know, it eats up your entire weekend of sitting there waiting in the driveway. Hey, come on down, check it out, or something like that. I, to me, I like to avoid the hassle. And that's from like the seller's perspective. From the buyer's perspective, it's the same thing. You know, why do I go to the kids' consignment shop? Well, have you seen the price of uh, this person who texted in probably knows? Like, it is outrageous, the amount of money, <laughs> like, kids, anything costs. For something that, in my, uh, you know, two and a half years of experience here, they grow out of in, like, a week. We have clothes in the closet that I've gotten that were just never worn. Because it's there, and you're like, oh, well, it doesn't quite fit them yet. And then you forget about it and then you remember it and by that time they're already grown out of it so that's why i can never get myself to spend any real money on kids clothes or shoes or anything like everything's secondhand so i'm not gonna buy new but i'm also i don't i'm not gonna dig through garage sales for an entire weekend in order to find like one thing that i want I go to, there's a couple of kids' consignment shops. There's a couple, if we really need an item, we got a, uh, we call it the tower. I don't know what the name it is. But it's this big wooden, like, tower thing. It's like a pedestal. And it's got an adjustable, like, thing for your kid to stand in so that they can, like, be at counter height. You know, help out, crack an egg, throw it in there. A little eggshell. Never hurt anybody. Uh, you do all that kind of stuff in the kitchen. You know, wash your hands at the sink. All, all that kind of stuff. So we got that, and we were looking for that. And we could have waited around and went to every garage sale in town. But no, we found it on Facebook Market. Somebody was selling it. Just met him. All right, here you go. Load it in the back of the truck, and uh, let's go. And it's just so much easier than sifting through hours. And, like, it's... I think a lot of it is just like valuing your time or maybe it's just running out of time because uh, this one person who texted in said, uh, I retired five years ago and I love garage sales a lot. It's the thrill of the hunt for incredible bargains. And maybe when I hopefully someday retire, (laughs) maybe when I do that, I'll be in that mindset again because That person is describing, like, me in the record store for so many different years. And that would be me today if I still had time on my hands. 
I would go to a record store. And, you know, frankly, I would go to like Salvation Army or any of these places, too, and do the exact same thing. And I'd be there for hours flipping through records, uh, just seeing uh, what the deal is. Used records. All right, anything good here. Anything at a decent price. Used CDs. and You name it. I'd be just taking a look through, seeing what's going on. All right, what do we have here? What can I use? And you could get lost for, like, hours spending time at a record store. You could get lost for hours spending time just sorting through shirts at the Salvation Army. I would do that at Savers. I found some great things at some of these thrift stores. I have, I've taken a picture of it. I've got this brilliant Bill's jumpsuit, a big starter, zip top, track pants. It's got to be from like the early 90s. I got it for like 10 bucks. Just, you know, it's what you find going through the thrift store. What you find like hunting for a deal. Now, I can't justify spending that amount of time in the store to be doing it. So guess what? I'll spend a little bit more and then save myself the time. And then maybe when I'm retired again, I'll go the other way and do it again. Um, someone else said, uh, boys who grew up comp- playing competitive hockey. I that Me and my wife talk about this all the time. My... Um, my kid loves hockey. I mean, just loves it. He's in, in the living room all the time with the mini sticks. His, I have to get him to stop doing this now. I taught him, you know, when, uh, you know, you got to keep your stick on the ground so you don't whack dad in the face with it, please. Um, so I said, you know, he did that a couple times and I blew the whistle on him. I said, hi, sticking, you got to go in the penalty box until the timer goes off. Set a little timer on your phone. And... That was a mistake because now we play mini sticks and he'll just stand there and hold his stick up in the air and look at me, waiting for me to blow the imaginary whistle and say hi sticking and send him to the penalty box. He wants to be sent to the penalty box. Like, no, it's not the – you're supposed to want to play, not sit there and watch me play. (laughs) That's not – it's not how it works. But anyways, he, he loves hockey, and uh, me and my wife have already talked, like, oh, is he going to play hockey? Like, that's a expensive whatever. And I said, you know what? It's probably a lot less expensive now because instead of just hoping that you'd find something in a garage sale or going to, like, one of two, like, played-against sports stores, the Facebook Marketplace, everyone who's had anything is now just selling it there. And, like, that's the place to do it. And sure, you could go around in garage sales and maybe find it, piece it together over time. But, I mean, that's the place. If you're looking for something in particular, why would I do that when I can search it within two seconds, find it, and then be on my way and not think about it again? And just something about, you know, driving, walking through, like... If I'm walking down the sidewalk and I'm out for a run today and I see someone with a garage sale, like, am I really going to stop there and just start flipping through your clothes? That just seems like a tremendous time suck for me. I, like, I, I could use that doing something else productive, I feel. 
What's the best thing that's going to happen? A walk away with a cool shirt that my wife will yell at me for buying? Now, I know, you know, tools, golf clubs, people are mentioning all these things that you can find. And, again, that's great. You can find it. I think that that's for estate sales. You know you're going to find it there. If you're looking for old clothes, like, I that's I go to the thrift store. I have no, but at least there's some semblance of you're going to find one or two things in particular and everything is slightly ordered. You know where to look. Instead of just rummaging through a whole bunch of stuff. So, I don't know. At least that's me. But that's what I was thinking, driving through. I saw so many garage sales. Just uh, so many, gar- uh, you know, driveways lined with junk. Where's all that junk today? On the curb waiting for trash day? Probably. It's probably in the basement waiting for next week's garage sale. Thanks for being with me. I'll be back here tomorrow. Brian Mazurowski on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 